Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, and I'm ready and ready to go, and Excellent. we're still in the casual mode. Yes. And, uh, one of these days, we'll get a full crew back again. But in the meantime, uh, the news still keeps flowing in. And uh, we've spotted a couple spots, uh, not that we couldn't have found a lot more of danger spots in the world, nonsense that governments uh, and others do, seeming to make things worse, all with the pretense that they're going to make things better. And makes us suspicious that government's on the wrong track. And when that question is asked for the, by the politician, they do polling. About 80% of the Americans think wrong track. That's a famous question they always ask in political polling. Are they on the right track or the wrong track? Well, they usually say they're on the wrong track. But then again, we say, well, we think we know what you should do to get on the right track. But they don't seem to have enough interest. So that's our job is to get this information out. And uh, we do see bits and pieces that people do get upset and they get on the right track. So uh, today we want to talk about some some foreign policy uh, mixed in with some economic policy, because the first thing, first item I want to bring up, Daniel, is this uh, U.S. to sell Taiwan 400 Boeing made harpoon anti-ship missiles. Well, I guess they really need that. They must be getting ready to be uh, attacked. But all we see, or at least I see, when I see things like that, that it's just making things worse. Uh, it looks like, how do we get a war? How do we get a good war going on? What do we have to do? Because it just doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, the, uh, the, the yesterday, I think we mentioned that about the, the troops being over there. They added some uh, 200 year, uh, troops into Taiwan. So there's, and that's, that doesn't sound like a lot of troops, but for what's going on over there, adding, adding military troops there was a big deal. And now they're going with these harpoons. And uh, Daniel, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us an assessment of that? Because I, I have a question later on that I want to uh, debate a little bit, but go, go ahead and let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that foreign policy goes on as it was, and the whole the whole basis of U.S. foreign policy is having an enemy. Uh, it's not protecting the United States. It's not making us safer. It's not even making the world safer. The U.S. foreign policy is based on having enemies. And as we see the war in Ukraine winding down, a war that many experts knew could not be won, uh, in, in which many people said it was an, a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia. I think you mentioned that early on yourself in a column. So as that war winds down, and it will, because it can't be won, you're seeing Washington ramp up uh, conflict with, with, uh, with China, using Taiwan the exact same way they use Ukraine. It's a proxy war between the U.S. and China, and they're using uh, Taiwan as a scapegoat, as the, as the Ukraine in the situation. Now, you'd think that Ukrainians would be smart enough to see what's happening, to see what's coming, but I guess they're excited about all of these goodies. And they also make plenty of money, I'm sure, themselves off of this, the relationship of the U.S. military-industrial conflict complex. But it just goes to show that nothing ever changes in Washington. You go from enemy to enemy. Uh, the only thing that changes, I guess, is you're going to progressively bigger enemies. This is not, uh, this is not Iraq that you're kicking around. Uh, this is a nuclear-armed China. This is nuclear-armed Russia. So the stakes are higher, and they're, <clears throat> they're rolling the dice higher and higher. And it's increasingly dangerous, and it doesn't serve the American people's interests. 
The subject I wanted to talk about a little bit is how does this financing work? You know, uh, the headline says U.S. to sell Taiwan 400 Boeing made harpoon anti-ship missiles. But I don't think I think it's misleading because uh, it's not like, you know, uh, a country calls up and talks to Boeing. Hey, do you have uh, some of these things? Uh, Could you send them over there? We'll send you one point seven billion dollars. And uh, that that to me seems so strange. It was approved in 2020 by the Congress uh, to uh, go through with this uh, transaction. And uh, it's, it's considered to the Pentagon announced a $1.7 billion contract in April, but uh, they didn't say exactly what it was, but it sort of fits the category of, uh, of dealing with this. So inevitably, I would suggest that maybe <clears throat> when they say we sell I think the American taxpayers in big time for this kind of stuff, even though Taiwan is not a poverty ridden country. But uh, I think uh, the, the money thing is a, a big deal because that is what is challenging us right now, because it is coming out of our our pockets and the taxpayers pockets. And uh, because our foreign policy now uh, is in disarray. And uh, we'll talk about Saudi Arabia in a little bit. And that will indicate that it seems to be falling apart, which has a lot of economic uh, significance. But I just uh, <clears throat> wonder, you, you know, if um, people realize when they read these things, but most, most of the average people aren't too worried about, oh, a sale, that's good. We're spending money. We're going to make a profit on it rather than saying, we're more likely to have war and we're going broke doing those kind of deals. Yeah, I mean, even if Taiwan didn't drive up to the drive up window at the Pentagon and order these missiles, uh, even in the best, quote unquote, best case scenario, it is the U.S. taxpayer who subsidized the, the, uh, the research and development, the building, the creation of the Harpoon missile. I mean, we all of the costs are socialized. <laughs> we pay all the costs. And all of the profits are privatized by Boeing and Raytheon and all of the other uh, companies. That's why it's a massive scam. So certainly the U.S. taxpayer in one way or the other is all in for this. And again, you know, the question is, how does how is this serving the U.S.? I mean, not even how is it serving the U.S. national interest, but what is the U.S. national interest? What is our strategy? What should be our goal in a world that's changing? Nobody is even, I mean, there are a lot of people that were, had dumb answers to big questions. And we could talk about uh, Brzezinski and others, uh, but why isn't anyone even asking? Why can't the people uh, in the State Department and Pentagon even craft a kind of you know, long-term big strategy instead of Russia bad, China bad, build missiles? You know, that's basically it. I mean, these, it's, it's on autopilot, Dr. Paul. There's just no thinking going on and it doesn't serve the American interest at all. You know, uh... McCarthy was over there, Nancy Pelosi was over there, and we have this uh, acceleration of the conflict there. So you say, well, I wonder what just happened. Well, uh, you know, the little article that we've looking at uh, on anti-war uh, gives us a, a bit of insight to this. It says, news of the harpoon seals comes as tensions between the U.S. and China are soaring over Taiwan. Beijing just recently concluded a major five fire drills around the island, that was dramatic, of course, that were a direct response to House Speaker's Kevin McCarthy meeting with Taiwanese pres president. 
But during that time, on some of the news clips, he was pretty emphatic. Don't sweat it. We're going to take care of you. And then they wonder where the escalation comes. But unfortunately, what I think is happening in America is with the propaganda machines, you know, really oiled up. I think most people would say, well, we have to stop the Chinese. You know, they're stealing all our secrets and they spy on us continuously. And of course, we don't do any of that, you know, and why would they want to spy on us? We're perfect. So I think this, this is... Uh, People have to put it together. We seem to poke them all the time. And uh, we are sending troops and uh, we send our leadership over there. And, you know, the big thing here, Daniel, is... Uh, there's we, we praise it when a couple of Democrats and Republicans get together and there's a little bipartisanship, uh, true, co- you know, cooperation. But here, once again, the leader, when it was a Democrat and when it's a leader, it's a Republican, they rush to Taiwan and start poking it. And it's all part of this obsession with China. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's all part of the obsession. Uh, it, it just goes on and on. This, the, You know, I mean, I think left alone. <clears throat> Taiwan and China would find a way to get along. They would trade better. Um, and this just, I mean, here's another example. And we'll talk about it in a minute about what's happening in the Middle East. But this is the another example how when the U.S. gets involved in a region, it only sows discord. It only sows uh, hatred and violence. It's not a force for good. I hate to say it because I love my country, but the government is, is not a force for good. The government keeps trying to keep China and Taiwan at each other's throats because it's profitable uh, for them and it's profitable for U.S. industry. I think the world is changing and we'll talk about it in the next segment. But before we do, I do want to shout out to our sponsor this month, and that is um, <clears throat> American Financing. It's an American-owned company. Uh, it's an American-owned mortgage lender. It's a family company. Uh, they've been endorsed by Sean Hannity, by Glenn Beck, by the late Rush Limbaugh. So they're well-known. They've been in business for 20 years. They operate in all 50 states. If you have a look at their Google reviews, you'll, so, you'll see that the customers are very happy. Uh, their employees are salary-based rather than commission-based, which means they have all the incentive in the world to find the right solution for you for your home mortgage issues. Their goal is to save you money, uh, and they have many ways of doing that. So you can even end up debt-free if you call them. So call their salary-based consultants today and get started on your road to financial freedom. Tell the Ron Paul Liberty Report sent you. Uh, the number to call is 888-976-5050. And we will have a link in the description to American Financing so you can explore whether they can help you. Now, Dr. Paul, we're going to move on now to the, to the, uh, the Syria. And this is really a big deal, I think, Dr. Paul. The meeting between the Saudi foreign minister and President Assad of Syria on Syrian territory. It's in a momentous event. Uh, they have not met since 2011. They've not had such a high level meeting. So it's very significant, Dr. Paul. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, this uh, caught my attention too, because I, I agree. I think this is serious. And because I, I see the mixture of economic policy and uh, foreign policy coming together. And uh, we were granted a great benefit by, uh, by the wealth that we did have after World War II. 
and uh, the military power. And uh, we, you know, uh, worked it out that the dollar became the reserve currency of the world. And then there was this agreement that's been going on quite a while. And then that is that uh, the Saudis will be taken care of. They do not have to worry a word about if you get in a war with Israel or whatever, we're going to take care of you. Saudis will provide what you need. So we made we made that promise to them, and they promised they'd use the dollar. That looks to me like this is coming apart. I mean, the major countries of the world now, China and Russia, are are starting to use other than the the dollar. At the same time, you know, where are the chants? So where is Obama when the uh, when the warmongers need him? Saud has to go. But you know what? After looking at this and looking at the current uh, set of, uh, of activities right now, I said it looks like Assad is going to stay. And uh, and this, this is something and it, it's moving rather quickly. Uh, but who knows what will happen? But it's a, it to me could very well be a time bomb because I can't see. You know, the major leaders uh, of the deep state all of a sudden guiding the Republicans and Democrats away from this policy of interventionism. And they say, oh, yeah, you, have a, you guys have a, a little bit of a good idea, but you're such extremists. You know, you know, you just want to go all the way. You just don't you just don't want to fight a war, you know, this kind of stuff. So I, I think that this. This could explode. I wish we could do more to sort of try to neutralize and say, why are you in such a hurry? You know, what's your, what's your big rush? You know, we'll defend this country. I mean, this whole idea that we have to do it, saying that, talking for them, uh, people like these libertarians and constitutionalists, uh, they, they, they're not willing to defend their country. Of course, one thing is we'll be ready to defend our country if he would just help us defend liberty. Yeah. Well, I think the real big, you know, we've talked about this before, Dr. Paul, but the big, the big backstory on this whole thing is the role that China's played in the Middle East. And we're seeing over and over. And you think, <clears throat> you think China's role in making peace in the Middle East, which is increasing daily, would be an embarrassment to Washington, would be a black eye. I mean, the Chinese are the bad guys. And here they are going over to the Middle East. Not only now, we're seeing rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Yemen. That war is, it looks like it's about to be over. And as we know, that was a tragic, horrible war, egged on by the United States, funded by Saudi Arabia, uh, using U.S. weapons to destroy Yemen, to cause so much poverty and misery in Yemen. That war is coming to a close, and that's because of Chinese mediation. And now we're seeing the re-entry of Syria into the region diplomatically, economically, as you say, and otherwise. And that was also facilitated by Chinese involvement. So the Chinese are going to the Middle East. They're getting involved. They're making peace. The Saudis are pulling away from the U.S. Uh, you know, Biden sent the CIA chief over there to basically beg with the Saudis, stop making friends with people in the region. You know, you're supposed to be on our team. And, and the Saudis just turned a cold shoulder. And now, in fact, I was reading in the Moon of Alabama website, which is always quite good uh, today, that the next thing the Chinese have done is they have offered to facilitate Israeli-Palestinian peace talks. Um, and one of the reasons they're so successful, Dr. Paul, in the Middle East is because they're, they're viewed as what we should be, an honest broker. They don't have a dog in the fight, so they want to end the fight. Uh, and, and they're realizing, the countries in the region are realizing that there's, it's a lot more profitable to be at peace and trade with people 
than to enrich the U.S. military industrial complex and be at war with each other. So the Chinese facilitating an Israeli-Palestinian uh, some sort of a peace agreement would be massive. And it also would be a massive, another massive black eye for the United States because it shows that the U.S. simply not only, I mean, not only is the world changing, but the U.S. can't fulfill the role that it has taken on for itself, which is to be the single hegemon. It can't run the world. And the rest of the world, I think, is seeing that. And the Middle East is where we're seeing it most, most dramatically. Right. And I think you really touched on something important, is that we are now being excluded. If there's a couple of countries getting together, how can we bring about peace? So we're the ones that it's becoming evidence that we're provoking wars. At the same time, they just sort of ignore the United States. And I think this is a sign of, of great weakness. But some of the people who disagree with us in, in our Congress uh, decide, well, they, it is because we're weak. We won't stand up to them. If, and we need somebody with strength and drop the bombs on them if they start doing things. So it, it's a thing that, uh, it, you know, I, I, uh, I've always been fascinated with uh, the group in foreign policy that is sort of between the, the arch warmongers and uh, the libertarian non-interventions. And that's the realists. And uh, I want to be careful not to concede too much. But in a way, it, it seems uh, like if the realists, the people saying, let's, let's say, in a way, say, let's be realistic about this. I mean, how far must, must we do that? How bold must we act? Uh, and, and if it's the only thing of insecurity that you have to do this to prove to the world and to the hawks in this country and the military industrial complex that they're serious. Uh, you know, that's that's one thing. So a little bit of uh, a realism that has been around, it, it might at least be one tiny step in the, in the opposite direction that uh, this administration seems to be going in. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And um, I mean, hopefully U.S. foreign policy will change. I can't see this administration changing. Uh, but thankfully, we're coming hopefully to the end of the Biden administration. So we can at least be optimistic that maybe the next team will be a little bit better. Um, so should we move on to our final topic today, Dr. Paul? Right. And this is this is interesting, too, because this seems to be uh, imposed, imposed deliberate chaos to bring on uh, a different world society. And that's the, talking about Germany. Uh, you, you know, they, they had such a chance after the end of the Cold War. You know, they even had talk they even actually talked to the russians you know and there was even the optimism to build a line uh, a gas line where germany needs fuel and, and energy and the russians want to sell it and they put all this money into this pipeline and it's still not proven who uh, who blew up the pipeline but uh, i think we have a pretty strong suspicion that uh, that uh, it, it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make any sense if we were involved in it just causes more chaos so i think what what is is going on is none of this makes sense, but so many of our domestic things, you know, look at our big cities just falling apart and, and the judicial system falling apart. And you say, well, why would they do it? Why would they do it? And the only thing that it seems to get into my head is they're doing it on purpose. The chaos is, and then when you find out they actually say that, 
you know, uh, Marxism that says that you you can't you can't come across with a perfect Marxist society if you don't get get rid of all the vestiges of uh, of capitalism. But the whole thing is is their enemy. Where we get into trouble there is the capitalism that they want to talk. They're not talking about free markets and sound money. They're talking about cronyism and pseudo capitalism and warmongering and all that stuff. They're talking about corporatism that leads to fascism. So that is where the uh, the problem is. To come along here, <clears throat> Germany closes <laughs> their nuclear power plants. They they. Uh, and and, and that's their biggest problem. And uh, what, what's this going to do? It's going to, it's you know, uh, it it just doesn't make any sense unless somebody has it in their interest to cause chaos. And it looks like it's going to be rapidly moving on to Germany, and that means Europe, and that means more uh, conflict among the nations. It's just another example, Doctor Paul, of how destructive U.S. foreign policy is. Again, it's it's. It's diabolical. It goes around the world just sowing, as you say, chaos, disorder, hatred, violence. You know, the uh, <clears throat> the blow up of the Nord Stream pipelines, I think we can pretty safely say that Seymour Hersh has it right and the U.S. did blow it up. It's the elephant in the room. And why did it blow it up? Well, because it wanted to make sure that Germany never develops a relationship, develops a trading relationship with Russia, because the people who run U.S. foreign policy would rather sell them a liquefied natural gas at double the price and impoverish the German people in the process. So Germany signing on to all the sanctions against Russia, uh, destroying relations with its potentially biggest trading partner, most lucrative, uh, which would raise the living standards of the people in Germany. They, of course, have acted as the U.S. lapdog, and now the people are suffering. And as you point out, after, after blowing up the pipelines, after ending uh, trade in, in natural gas and oil. Now, the only thing the Germans had left was nuclear power, and they went ahead and shot themselves in the head on that, closing their last nuclear power plant, switching off the lights, going home. I don't know if a couple of windmills are going to power Germany, formerly the industrial powerhouse of Europe, um, but what that means for the consumer is yet another increase, and we we're looking at an article on Zero Hedge, and they say that electricity bills are going to spike up to 45%. And that is after the huge spike that came when Germany signed on to this foolish proxy war with Russia. So at what point, you know, I wonder, Dr. Paul, at what point are the German people going to be fed up with their disgusting government, with the lapdog government, uh, who doesn't look out for their own interests, uh, who's blindly following a blind foreign policy by the Biden administration? You just have to wonder at what, what is the breaking point Germany. You know, uh, Schultz's administration, they were supposed to have a deadline last year, several months back, and some of his members of cabinet decided maybe we shouldn't do this. Couldn't we just get a delay? So there's a few people getting a little nervous about it, but there's going to be a lot of people getting angry about it. Uh, when the whole energy crisis gets 10 times worse and uh, and they close down the cleanest and cheapest form of energy and, and make the things worse. But uh, the, the, the temporary agreement that they worked out uh, last year was uh, it was it was to go until a, uh, uh, until April fifteenth, which is passed, and that's why it's in the news right now because they're they're still planning to do this. But do you, I, I just I just can't see them waking up now. I mean, it's sort of locked in place, and they're just 
they're just uh, obsessed with this. And uh, I guess <clears throat> when uh, we feel a bit of frustration, which on occasion I do, I think that, well, the best I can do is try to find out what's really going on and try to pass the message out to get more people to come around and saying, well, that's Germany. Let's forget about it. No, it's a small world these days. And, and the dollar was a big deal. And the big and, the big, and that big deal is coming unglued. And so is this whole energy thing. And so is the solution being offered up, which I have done so often, is distract from the people. And don't you know, a good old war will help the economy. That nonsense. So I'm afraid we're moving rapidly in that direction. So uh, Daniel, I want to uh, keep us going, you know, and, and so that we can stay active and do our best to get this message out. You want to have a closing Absolutely. statement? Absolutely. The last thing I wanted to mention on this, Dr. Paul, before I make the closing statement, is a great quote from Zero Hedge on this. And I think this encapsulates the entire thing, because as they point out, there is no climate crisis. There is no increase in ocean temperature. It's minuscule. The whole thing is a fantasy. And here's what Zero Hedge says. When the policies of the climate cult are examined with a clear head, it becomes obvious that saving the planet is not a primary concern. Rather, the purpose of the agenda is to increase power to government bureaucracies on a level not seen since the feudal empires of centuries past. And he says, get ready for the return of the peasant lifestyle. And I think that is a, a very good point. Before I finish out, though, I do want to mention our other sponsor for this month, and that is our good friends at 4patriots.com. Uh, we talk about energy. We talk about how important it is to be able uh, to have access to energy. We have a very shaky energy grid in the United States. Uh, one or two strikes, one or two uh, energy uh, power generation uh, centers going out could cause lack of power for weeks, maybe months. One of the ways to protect against this potential inevitability, you would say, is the good folks at 4patriots.com who've got a massive array of generators, of solar-powered generators that can keep you going with the power out. You can power your medical devices. You can power your refrigerator. You can make sure your phones are up. Uh, and you can take it with you. That's the best part. It's portable. It's not hooked into your house. You take it with you where you go. Solar generator. So go to 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com. Put Ron in on your code and get 10% off of your first purchase. And of course, free shipping on all orders, $97 and above. Generators, food, you name it, 4patriots.com is in the business of helping us <clears throat> to take care of ourselves when the crisis hits. So go to 4patriots.com and of course, the, the address and the link will be in the description below. Uh, and Dr. Paul, I would just finally close by reminding our viewers and apologizing again for the strange circumstances, unfortunately, that were that, that caused me to be away. Um, but <clears throat> reminding our viewers that we do have a conference coming up. I just noted before the store, before the show started that we sold another ticket. And I'm always happy uh, when I see a ticket sell because I want to see everyone. I want to meet everyone. And I know, Dr. Paul, you feel the same way. So go ahead and I will have a link below on how you can purchase your tickets to our Houston conference on June 3rd. It's at a beautiful hotel, the one we were at last year. Great food. It's not just going to throw you some, you know, some ridiculous toast or something. It's good food, great speakers, and because of all of you out there, great company. So you'll see in the description how you can 
get your lit, get your tickets to that event. Dr. Paul, over to you. Very good. And I too want to uh, thank our viewers for tuning into our program and looking forward to meeting many of you at our conference. And uh, for, for us, it's a necessity. <laughs> I specifically come away more optimistic at the conferences, even though people will come up and thank me for giving them encouragement. So it's a mutual thing, but it's a tremendous benefit to us to encourage us to continue to do what we attempt to do by getting information out and why we pursue the uh, cause for peace and prosperity, which we consider so very important. Please return to the Liberty Report soon.